welcome, Escape from Plan A listeners. Uh, another episode here for you. I'm your host, Chris. I'm here by joined by Teen. What's up, Teen? Hey, what's going on? Just the two of us uh, this week. And we, we were a little late because uh, I think we all had busy weekends, uh, which is a good sign. You know, we, we all have lives uh, to attend <laughs> to. And then uh, we were kind of doing this late. I guess if we were so inclined to talk about it, we would think, thank God we didn't record like Sunday early evening because, well, we all know what happened. We all know what happened Sunday night. Teen, I don't know if you really want to talk about it, the, the stupid uh, Oscars thing, but hey, maybe we'll touch upon that. Yeah. But before we get started, I do want to boast. Uh, this month has been Plan A's all-time greatest month on Patreon. We just keep rising, folks. Uh, it just keeps getting better and better. And thank you for everyone who continue to contribute. And yeah, we just... Love doing this pod, and we're so glad you continue to support us. So just wanted to say that. And if you're not a Patreon supporter or subscriber, you are missing out on half our output because half uh, we do a bonus pod every week, and that is for our Patreon subscribers. So go join us at patreon.com slash plan A Meg. Oh, and we did a uh, on Sunday we did a uh, we did an outing to New Jersey to this uh, to the gun range where we. <laughs> <laughs> oh like yeah. A, wait, yeah, wait so was it was the, it this Sunday? Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, okay. Um, so like it was like seven or eight of us, uh, and we went out to, uh, I think it's called RTSP or something like that, out in Union, New Jersey, and mm-hmm. shot. Uh, just kind of got. Actually, it's a really great place. Like the they they give you really good training. Like the 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 people there are really helpful, really friendly, are good at teaching and um you know just got us uh got us up to speed on how to how to shoot some guns so oh, what what guns up. did you shoot uh we shot two hand we shot two nine millimeter pistols the like a glock and uh and a uh agent k and we shot an ar-15 wait what's an agent k h and k heckler and Koch. oh okay okay uh, yeah, um yeah. all right okay yeah all right. Anyway, I thought it was it was really fun actually, and then we ended up at uh, in Fort Lee for some Korean food afterwards. Oh, fun. nice, nice. Yeah. Anyway, I've always wanted to shoot a, a Beretta M9. Okay. Because those guns, I think, they're just so beautiful. I just want to hold it in my hands, like like a Glock. It's an, it's an ugly piece of shit. I don't. It care is. About it's that. very ugly. Yeah. And but you know those like Beretta M9s. I think they're kind of old. Yeah. And um, they're too big, and people don't really like them for that for that reason. But they're classic but, looking. Oh man, it, it's like I think it's the gun from like action movies. Yeah, you know, the, yeah. The, like the John Woo style, uh, two handgun. You know, mm-hmm. going in with your trench coat f- uh, flapping behind you. I mm-hmm. think the guns they always use are the Beretta M9s, and yeah, and those yeah. are also the a- the the H and K is supposed to be a top of the line pistol, but like they don't. Here's the thing. I mean, the one knock on them is they don't really take care of their rental guns very well. I mean, it's like a golf. It's like going to the golf range. Like if you are a serious gun enthusiast, which I'm not, uh, you bring your own clubs. Nobody uses the house Wait, clubs. Bring, people bring their own guns. Oh, I guess that makes sense. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Everyone's showing up with their own guns. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, if you use the rental gun, it's kind of like going to the range and using the rental clubs. Like, you know. Or the really... rental skates. Oh, my God. Yeah, rental skates. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and but they, you know, but they're good guns. I mean, they don't give you shitty guns. They give you, uh, you know, the, the, the H&K was a top of the line gun. Uh, this is the H&K 45. But like it was a piece of shit because it wasn't taken care of. It jammed all the time, which for practice purposes, great because it, it forces you to get comfortable with unjamming a gun and, and playing with the mechanism. But it makes for bad shooting. Uh, but yeah, I mean. One thing I learned is you got to you got to take care of guns. You got to keep them in good shape because otherwise they just jam like crazy. They're very 
they're precision instruments. So like if they're not perfectly clean and, you know, um, maintained, like it just, just won't work, you know, so. So how do you unjam a gun? You, you look down the barrel, right? Like, right. Right, like to like unjam it. No, yeah, like something you've got to like, like sort of Tunes cartoon? release the. You've, you basically got to like release the, uh, e- uh, release the uh, magazine and sort of eject the, the the casing that's been jammed in there. Uh, and you've, I mean, you, like, you kind of have to like wiggle it, <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm. But you've got to get comfortable doing that and not end up shooting yourself. Um, right. Which, it, you know, it's unlikely that you're going to do anything really stupid. But, like, the people next to us, like, this one dude, they were, they were like, his buddy was, like, filming him on his cell phone camera while he was shooting. And the guy got a little too excited and started waving the gun around at it. Not, like, at it, in his face, but just sort of, like, brandishing it. And those, the, the, the safety officers at that range came down hard on that guy. Hmm. they were like put the gun down <laughs> you know yeah they're like do not wave that around you know so they're these guys i mean they really take gun safety seriously mm-hmm. um so yeah anyway yeah your, your punishment should be they'll like shoot you in the calf with like a airsoft gun and be like <laughs> oh you think that hurts uh you know try it with a real gun you know that that's that's what like yeah yeah, you or have Will seen... Smith come and smack you in the face. <laughs> we'll, we'll soon get to that. But I just yeah. want to say, do you ever see these Nerf guns they make these days that look so freakishly like actual, you know, M16s or uh, yeah. just like those... What do they like... shoot? Like darts? No, but the way they make them, I swear, if you just like painted them black mm. and you robbed the store with it, I don't think anyone mm. would really know the difference. They're just... Yeah. I mean, just go on Amazon or something and look them up. Just be like like a nerf a replica or whatever and did they sell these to little kids at least when i was a kid at least the nerf guns really did look like toys they look like animals i remember this gun that looked like a stingray then they had the one that looked like an electric eel mm. uh but now they, they're like not even hiding it anymore they just they say okay let's just take the uh let's just make an ak-47 for for five-year-olds have you seen the reverse where a real gun is painted to look like a nerf gun like like oh yeah, no I, I think I think somebody in our Discord might have shared that once, yeah. and I was like, "That is basically like like a forty dollar Nerf gun you can buy." And if you blur the lines between the two, you know, people wouldn't even know. Uh, yeah, if what. you walked around with like a you know like a day glow blue and orange gun, like no one's gonna. Everyone's like, "Oh, it's a Nerf gun," but it could totally be a real gun. <laughs> yeah. When I was young, I remember there was this uh, thing I, I saw on the local news. It was about. They were they were selling like these um, toy handguns, but they looked really like real guns, and I think people were using them for rob stores. So they said, "Oh, don't worry, the the, the toy ones they they have a little uh, orange tab on on the handle to tell the difference." Like, oh, gee, yeah, no one's ever invented black spray paint. You know, that's totally gonna work. Yeah, <laughs> little yeah. little strip of orange. Like, yeah, that, that especially in the heat uh, when you're getting st- like you know some sticking you up you're gonna be like oh, oh no oh no oh wait that's oh, orange tab I can, I sounds can like you should out. come out with us next time because we'll probably yeah. do it again i don't know yeah come out <laughs> we might we might i i propose that we go um trap shooting with shotguns uh rather is that than where you shoot one. the clay the, yes uh, play, okay yeah it's more fun you know i think because you're outdoors and you're shooting at like a real moving target oh yeah and um, you know you're shooting birdshot with a shotgun. It's it's nice. It's it's um, uh, I think it's really fun. Yeah. But uh, you you ever seen the favorite? No. What is that? Oh, it's this um, movie starring Rachel Weisz and Margot Robbie. It was directed by that 
the weird Greek guy, like Yorgos Lanthimos. Okay. But there's a scene where they are shooting, um, and, and it's about these like two women that hate each other because they're bo- both vying to be. The oh, I know what movie you're talking favorite. about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And then uh, the Rachel Weisz character, like, oh, accidentally uh, happens to shoot. Uh, um, what what's her name? Uh, Lala Stone. Land. Emma Stone uh, mm-hmm. with, with like uh, one of those, you know, with a shotgun. Shotguns. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oops. Oopsie daisies. Yeah. Mm. Anyway, all right. So speaking of violence, let's move on to the Oscars. I know everyone's probably talking about it. I really don't want to, but I guess we kind of have to because it was like the one thing that dislodged Ukraine mania on social media, it seems. Mm. Uh, So I'm into it. I've been I'm into the topic. I actually enjoy (laughs) this topic. I'm not above it. Okay, why why don't you why don't you uh, take the baton? Then. Okay, I mean, I don't think we have to rehash what everyone knows what happened, but mm-hmm. um, you know, do we have takes on it? Yeah, I think my take on it is like I'm just glad to watch Chris Rock get smacked at the Oscars because I personally wanted to smack him after he did that Asian joke five or six years ago at the 2016 Oscars. And, I do um, love Chris Rock's like early stand up though, so I will uh, I have a soft spot for him. But yeah, I mean that that was kind of crappy like what he did. Fireworks show going outside right outside my window at the moment. Oh really? Okay, well that's. Good, I guess. Festivities. Yeah. Um, I mean, today was just horrible. It was a weird uh, storm, thanks to Canada. Like winter chill blast. I woke up freezing in my room. But uh, so yeah, nice to see some some uh, preview of summer fireworks. But anyway, go yeah. on. Yeah. Well, so you know, uh, you know, obviously that's not why Will Smith smacked him, right? But part of me was like, you know, I still for some reason feel like the right person did the slapping and the right person got slapped, you know? And so I did a little, just a little Google Googling and to see like, you know, did, has Will Smith ever, you know, crack some like cheap Asian joke or, you know, and no, no, I couldn't find any instance of that. But what I did find, uh, was that there was, and I missed this and I, and I think I really want to go see it now. There was, you know how Will Smith and Jada have a family show called Red Table, which I only know because I've roasted it, you know, with you. I didn't know that was a family show. I thought that was basically Jada's uh, personal, like, gossip uh, forum, but... Um, yeah, but like I think the family goes on a lot, right? It's like mm, a okay. family. It's I think it's I've never seen it, so d- don't hold me to this. But I think it's modeled after like a family roundtable, like you know, the family sits at the dinner table and has a discussion. And one Which of the episodes, um, they had uh, Lisa Lincoln, uh to talk about black and Asian sort of social relationships, not okay. like interracial relationships, but like you know, black and Asian mm-hmm. like racial relations. Um, and I I saw this on people.com and it, okay. you know, it looked legit. Like, uh, it, 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 it was about, um, let me just read from the people, um, uh, little pre- like little media release about it. Uh, in a people exclusive clip of this week's red table, red table talk, Pink, uh, Jada Pinkett Smith, Lisa Ling, uh, and uh, Dr. Michael Eric Dyson come together to confront the racial divide between black Americans and Asian Americans. Uh, this is a really tough subject, Pinkett Smith says in the clip. There's real animosity between blacks and Asians, and that is rarely talked about. Adds Ling, this is a fight, people wishing harm on my own children. This is life and death at this point. Uh, while discussions about tensions within each group continue, Pinkett Smith says, what we cannot allow is hate of any kind. Uh, yeah, I haven't I haven't watched it, but I just thought like that alone makes me respect her 
uh, and what they've done, you know, to say that they're actually tackling this topic because it, you know, in my experience and I've, you know, we've tried doing pods about Asian and black, uh, relations and we've tried getting black guests to come on and even, you know, people we know and stuff. And it's hard. Like I, I don't blame people for not wanting to talk about it, but it is difficult. And so I felt sort of, uh, I felt that I had picked the right side in this because <laughs> yeah. I really respect her for doing that. Also, the fact that they brought Lisa Ling on, who, like, I know we make a lot, a lot of fun of, like, the Asian-American celebrity class and how lame they are. I think Lisa Ling is one of the few who are just, like, just actually just cool and just seems, like, far more than she ever needs to be, just stands up for just Asian stuff. Yeah, I think so, she stands up I'm, for herself. Yeah, and, you know? and she so, yeah. is a complete badass, uh, mm-hmm. and not just compared to the a lot of like her spineless Asian American peers. Uh, I, I think she's a stand up person. So you know the fact that they mm-hmm. got some like her instead of some like yes man or yes woman. Yeah, cool. Yeah, so yeah, like who, that, like the woman from the View. You know, like I, I wouldn't want her to talk about it. You know, I wait, which woman? The Asian woman on the View, or is it not the View? There's an One Asian of the, woman on The View? No, it's another, like, it's the ripoff of The View. I, for, I forgot what it's called. Mm, but there's yeah, a, I'm pretty sure there's no Asian person. No, wait, Lisa Ling actually was on The View, I think, for a while. Yeah, there, you know, but, there's uh, a ripoff version of it. I forgot what it's called. Um, I'm sure there's a lot of ripoff versions. Yeah. But anyway, uh, going mm. back to it, I was not paying attention to the Oscars at all. I did not even know it was happening. I just was not... <laughs> I just know it was hap- uh, happening because like Liza was like keeping us up to date on it because she's really into the Oscars, and then and then she sends me the the link to that and it's like oh this just happened. I swear I I I, I, be- I you know I still kind of hold on to this belief. I was like very quite sure it was staged. Yeah, I was like this is just a desperate grab for ratings and whatever. But I, I mean all all signs seem to indicate it's real. And oh, I think it's real. Yeah, it's. Yeah. Uh, I think it's. Yeah, so it's too big a career risk for him to take. As you know, well, well, I guess if it's fake, they would have to. They would eventually have to cop to it later. You know, mm-hmm. uh, but it got well, I guess, serious I guess enough he, that I guess he hit another black guy. So it's not. It's mm-hmm. not the biggest career if it were for uh, mm-hmm. you know n- not another black man. Yeah, uh, there'd be all sorts of trouble. But it's like, yeah. So I didn't think it was like a hateful, and I think the fact that it was between these these two black men and they know each other, I think. Like someone asked me, like, do you think he would have done it to a white guy? And that was kind of like, I don't think he would have. But I, I also think that that wasn't an actual hateful thing. It was more like almost like a sort of like in-group sort of smackdown. Mm-hmm. And so I see a lot of white people freaking about the quote violence. And I'm like, a man slapping violent. another man like that, especially two men who know each other. Like, not even that's that. not violence. All right. But- that's, a, that's a cat slapping you with claws you know, retracted. That's not a full... No, it did not know. even knock Chris Rock down. And this was, this was fucking like Muhammad hurt. Ali. Yeah, he could yeah. Not knock, exactly. Uh, you know, a, you know, self-described, like, you know, scrawny, not boxer kind of guy, Chris Rock. And the, the thing I, I've been thinking about is just like what must have been going through Will Smith's mind because I, I, that is not something a sane person does to do that especially on live tv on pretty much his his industry's most public most you know prestigious night i don't know i just and, and uh the first thing i thought about this was man this is like another sign of american decline 
the Oscars basically turns into Jerry Springer, and this is the only way they can try to stay relevant. Like the only time the Oscars have been really like noteworthy in the last few years is when they've had massive screw ups like this and the uh, the Moonlight thing. You know, like you could say Parasite winning was like for once something that actually had to do with artistic merit and everything, but that also was not an American achievement. That was something completely imported. And I thought it was very fitting uh, that the joke that, that triggered Will Smith to act so insanely was a reference to fucking G.I. Jane. I don't know. Like, I mean, I know that, but that was because I am I grew up in the 90s. I well, don't know. Chris Rock you, is stuck in the 90s. <laughs> right. And precisely. And yeah. I, I looked up what year G.I. Jane was made. It was mm-hmm. made in 97. That was probably the high point of the Oscars because that was the Titanic year. That was when the Oscars mattered so much. I mean, that was, and the year after that was the very infamous Saving Private Ryan versus Shakespeare in Love year, where, you know, which movie did or did not win the Oscar actually seemed like a, a really genuine moment of consequence in American cultural history. And to see and these global, two global culture. Right, right, exactly. And to see these two just, just legends of the 90s. And I thought, like, Will Smith basically is America in that mm. he peaked in the 90s. He, he, I mean, just look at a string of hits from Independence Day, Men in Black. Um, uh, there's a lot. Bad more Boys. There. Bad Boys. Mm-hmm. Um, I know I'm leaving something out. That's not Wild Wild West because that, was, that, was, that kind of sucked. But I'm just, mm-hmm. <laughs> there were a lot of other good movies in there. I Am Legend. No, no. I mean, that, that's the start of his downfall. Then, like, in the early 2000s, he starts his terminal decline, and ever since he just and in the last like five years, we I think there's like a whole generation that really does not remember Will Smith as this as like the coolest guy in the world, but as this kind of like well, sad, he's an old man now. Sad. Uh, I mean, he he looks incredibly young, so I guess mm-hmm. he has that going for him, but kind of increasingly sad and impotent figure. Mm-hmm. Like most, a lot of people just know him as as like that cuck who just who whose wife always just talks. Uh, about I, mean, I fucking I hate that fucking discourse though about yeah, it's Will so stupid, Smith right? Cuckery. Like just yeah. it's so gross and this obsession that fucking Americans have with cucking is just like that's a fucking commentary on America right there. Is like they're just always like ha oh, cuck cuck someone fucked your wife man cuck. Just also gross. that 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 it is not the definition of a cuck. A cuck I think by definition is a man who raises a, a child of of but the father is actually somebody oh, else. Oh that's, that's like that's a cuckold where cuck comes from. A cuck is right. more just like Yeah, but yeah, now like, it's just like any guy you got that's dominated cheated by on another bro dude, you know, it's just yeah, fucking but, stupid. You know, they're, they're not even using the term correctly. Yeah. I hate so, it. I hate that whole stupid the term cuck. Yeah. Um, and like I mean let's, let's be not real. That it's offensive, they, it's just stupid. And let's be real. If they had an open marriage, I'm sure Will Smith has cheated or so-called cheated on Jada. Exactly. That's what they don't times. get. He but, like if anything, he's the one that fucked everything that moved, all right? It was, yeah, it was but Will I wonder, Smith. But I wonder if he can't come out and say it because he kind of has that clean image. He's of also course. like a black man, so that's why you know, I, think, can't I think I say if, that, especially with a lot of his black female fans. But see, okay, here, here's here's one thing I will say about celebrity culture, quote, quote, is like, you know, it's easy to dismiss celebrity culture as stupid because American celebrity culture is so stupid. But, you know, it's still like all cultures have celebrities. Okay, yeah. so I, I think like we're we're just very, you know, when people are just like, because like someone's like blasting me, not blasting me, but like someone that <laughs> follows me on Twitter and generally is very friendly to my account is kind of like, 
man, like, like, why the fuck are you talking about these stupid celebrities? Celebrities are all, you know, paid, uh, you know, yeah, basically saying like you're an idiot for even paying attention to this. Mm-hmm. And then what's his name? Anand, whatever his name is, Jew. Uh, he has a very long. Oh, Gary Iris right? or, or yes, something. Yeah. The Economist guy. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So he he came out and was like, um, "Oh, click here for like you know you must read this." And it was a picture of Will Smith at the Oscars, but he had instead put a link to the IPCC climate report that just came out, which nobody's oh, fucking okay. paying attention to. And I'm like, you know, what this fucking. Man, you're you're grandstanding now, right? Like you're you're now taking this event and trying to like elevate yourself by pretending you're better than this event. Um, but I I you know I think it's one thing to just sit in the audience, like sit in the in the um, peanut gallery and just ha ha ha, you slapped them, you know whatever. But you know I I still think that you can talk about celebrity events where there is meaning behind them in the sense that these are still real people. And so these are basically like maybe, maybe trifling events. I mean, it's not like this matters in any way, but we can still tease out like some human emotions that are, that were involved. You can, you know, it's like, it's almost like, yeah, sure. It's not like great literature or whatever, but these are real people going through real shit. And there are times when I think it is worth, or at least interesting to discuss what happened. And I think like, I don't know. For me, I'm watching Will Smith there. He's getting very emotional about this shit. And it, like, you think about it and you're like, you know, he he probably put her through a lot of shit and he's trying to be a better man now. Save, he probably did a lot of begging to try and save that marriage. And uh, my guess is he did a lot of wrong shit, you know, when he was younger and, and stuff. And he's trying to he's trying to do right by her now. So I don't know. I, I think it's uh, one thing to... I think one of the reasons celebrity culture has become so degenerate is because we also treat, uh, expect it to be so degenerate and no one really has like any good takes, you know, it's all just shitting on celebrities all the time. So the only people who are willing to become celebrities are the people who, who just want to eat shit. Let me ask you, what are, what are some of the worst takes you've seen uh, on regarding this? Uh, I think the worst take in general, well, uh, I mean, it's barely a take. It was like this whole thing about how the, the Will Smith doctrine um, should not oh, be applied God. to Ukraine. I don't, See, I don't even know if that's a real take. I, or not. That's why, I mean, I, that's why I'm glad I, I've, I've just been kind of uh, not as engaged on Twitter as much anymore. Since Ukraine, it was the um, melding of the two worst, two of the worst uh, Twitter spheres, the, the Ukraine Twitter people and the Oscars Twitter people. And he tried to... I saw some people saying some I don't know it somehow brought Zelensky into it, and yeah, and the, the Will Smith doctrine. Oh my God, this is it's so embarrassingly stupid. I, I think the true, the real take though, like the, the one that people are trying to be serious about, and I've seen a lot of like in the news and stuff, is this idea of zero tolerance for violence. That what no matter what Chris Rock said. There's no excusing violence or, you know, whatever. And I'm like, yeah, okay, that's fine. Like, I'm not saying that what Will Smith did was, quote, right. But, but that's not the point. I don't think the point is whether it was right or whether it followed, like, should we have a rule to allow this? No, of course not. Should he be like, you know, should he apologize? Yeah, he should. He did apologize. Um, But I think this idea that, you know, one, like... How hypocritical is it for like Americans to lay down a rule that violence is never the answer and we're absolutely like the most violent fucking nation on earth? 
right? <laughs> so, like, let's just be realistic about who we are here. Like, we're fine with war, but we're not okay with an on-screen slap by one yeah. man against another. I think I saw some of our friends either tweeting or, like, retweeting people who said something like, you know, I guess lightly slap a man. That's that's crossing the line, but, you know, no fly zones. Uh, yeah, that's good. Or, yeah, exactly. or you know, uh, trying to instigate nuclear war. I mean, we should. Ju- they should just have like a, a TV special called like the Revenge, where um, Chris Rockets is Will Smith, yeah, yeah, and, sure. and all the yeah, scores yeah. will be settled. Yeah. And you know, that's the way gentlemen used to settle their disputes. I think. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. It'll it'll um it'll probably revive both their careers. Somewhere. I mean, Chris, what has Chris Rock done lately that's been of any um note? All I remember hearing about him in the last like five ish years was he like divorced his wife mm-hmm. and either. Dating or married to uh, you know, significantly younger woman. Mm-hmm. I think the only main reason he didn't get that much backlash for that was it was he didn't leave his black wife for a, for a, like a white woman. It was another black woman. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, it was. It, I guess it wasn't that. It's not that particularly relevant. Um, yeah. These days, so no. You know, he could a, use he could use a, a little boost to his Q rating. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, for sure. Um, I was, I was gonna say something else about this, but uh, but fucking fucking Americans cannot handle a man slapping another man because he insulted that guy's wife. I'm like Jesus, like this, like we people used to like duel over this shit. Yeah, oh, oh that's <laughs> like, a, that's another on, uh, like wing of takes. I think this is the whole um, you know, a lot, I think a lot of people are, are mad at Chris Rock because he attacked a black woman for her appearance. Um, and then this is all like uh, misogynoir. noir. But of course, the thing that kind of complicates is, is that it, it was a black man who stood up for her, and he was he starred in a movie that some, uh, not all, but some people said overshadowed the Williams sisters in favor of their father. So there's like a lot of like things going on here. No, none it's, of it's it like, relevant, no, in my opinion. Know. But yeah, sure. Yeah, I've seen some takes where it was like you know, uh, protection, especially when I think minority men want to like protect their women is, is a form of patriarchy, but also uh, black women deserve to be protected. And it's a sign of misogyny that they're not. So it's like, okay, so which is it? Like, do you want black women to be protected? Do women in general, should they be protected or is all protection a form of toxic masculinity? It's like, people can't seem to really decide. I think you're the one who pointed out. It's like everyone, no one's saying what, Will Smith should have done like what is actually in that situation his yeah, best course of action. Right. Everyone is trying to say, "Oh, what he did is a form of this or that, or what he shouldn't have done." But like, no, what if you're in that situation? What is the most like a good balance between like ethics in the very abstract sense and in the kind of like like a street justice kind of sense? Like, okay, maybe you're not following the rules, but you got to do what you got to do. What is the thing you got to do? And you know, people aren't being clear. Yeah, like I saw a lot of takes like you can protect women and denounce violence. Okay. But <laughs> that's like a, in that moment, how do you do it then? Yeah, how do you do it in that <laughs> moment? Like I don't care about this general idea that these are not necessarily mutually exclusive. Okay, fine. But we're not talking about this if, like, they they always abstract it out into these like rules and it really, you know, it really sounds like they're talking to children. I think this is the thing that really bothers me about blue check culture is they're 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 talking down to people all the time and not building people up in terms of like, okay, this is what you could do. This is what you should do. They're just telling you what, what you shouldn't do all the time. You shouldn't do this. You shouldn't do that. You can't do this. You can't do that. And it's all based on your identity. 
it's always based on your identity and your perceived social, you know, social, like your position on the power hierarchy, which is all bullshit anyway, the way they've formulated it, in my opinion. Uh, I mean, Will Smith and Chris Rock are, in my opinion, identical in terms of their social status and power, social position and power. So I, I just don't understand, you know, yeah, they're always, it's just like everything's a third rail, you know, can't touch that, can't do that. Ooh, you can't do this. And it just, I mean, if people take this culture seriously, they will go insane. And I think that's what's going on. I think there's too many people who have, don't really have any other guidance in life. You know, like there's so many Americans that don't have any other guidance. They don't have any, they don't have any anchor. And it's this kind of shit that ultimately, uh, you know, gets filtered down in the culture and no wonder people are going crazy. I guarantee you, I, I saw one tweet that said something like a Will Smith should have just because I mean, I, I, well, I mean, this tweet you know, is predicated on the idea that Will Smith knew he was going to win best actor and he would have a platform to address this whole thing. But he's like, should have stayed calm and gone up there and said something like, you know, my wife is a strong, beautiful black woman. And, you know, don't you dare like punch down to her. I guarantee if he did that, these same people who are now uh, like attacking him for, I don't know, like hogging the spotlight or whatever would have said oh what a pussy you know given the, like the michael dukakis treatment like how dare he not show a little fire in his belly when his when you know his wife is is made the subject of something you know like gruesome or or not pleasant mm-hmm. so you know they're, yeah. they're all i mean that's the problem right they're always angling for their take which is why um yeah this like social media thing it's like everybody now wants a piece of their uh, their little uh it's it's like it's like when um like the rich man throws the uh the gold coins from the blimp and everyone's scrambling for them that's what yeah. this was and everybody <laughs> everybody wants to get their that their uh social media popularity of the day so i'd be curious what would happen if jada comes out at some point and says that she was really turned on by it yeah like yeah turned on by it i want to fuck them again (laughs) yeah that said that that meant a lot to her you know like because a lot of people are speaking for her in my Mm -hmm. opinion and uh if she came out i mean look honestly like how could she not like what happened yeah you know what i mean like maybe maybe it's just jealousy like a lot of people like i wish i had a will smith in my life to to do that Uh, okay. Um, moving oh, hold on. on. Uh, hold on for one second. Um, oh yeah, sure. So the, um, I don't see any waveforms on my side, either from you or me. But no, I see it. I think we're good. Okay. I think All you're. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, we, I think this happened before it was fine. Okay. Yeah. Cool. All right. All right. So do you want to move on to the uh, Elaine Shea choose piece on? Oh sure. The yeah. cut. All right. Yeah. So this was. <laughs> this is a funny thing about the internet. I mean, this thing uh, just—I mean, I, I don't know how big it was, but at least uh, in like Asian American circles, it was getting talked about a lot. And now it's just gotten completely buried by the Will Smith thing. And I, I'm sure tomorrow, uh, you know, Russia is going to have nuked Kiev or something. So then the Oscars is going to be totally buried. But this piece was published in the cut by Elaine Shay Chu. It was called what white men say when we're not listening or something like that. Um, and it, in it was our all, absence, I think what might, oh, white, what, white what, men what say in our absence, what white men say in our absence. Mm-hmm. And it was essentially about her recounting her experience, you know, from an early age, you know, dating these are creepy white dudes who would only exclusively date kind of, I think 
you know, these are kind of like insecure Asian girls who are, who are desperate for attention to her teaching English in Taiwan and knowing all these white male teachers who would just, you know, act like they were in their, their emperors in, in their harem to then trying to link it to, you know, from, from the Atlanta murders to the, the murders of um, Michelle Goh and Christina Yuna Lee. And it was something that uh, among Asian Americans and I, and I think among other readers did touch upon something. And I'll be honest, when I first read this article, I was just like, oh God, not one of these again, turning the whole violence against Asian women into another excuse to talk about kind of like your own personal white boyfriend problems. Um, but, you know, I, I still kind of feel that way, but I will say that I have been pleasantly surprised by whom the article has and has not pissed off. Right before this pod, I, I was just going through some links on Reddit, and this article was apparently posted in the R China subreddit, which is uh, a, a subreddit notorious for being completely populated by these by the exact same type of uh you know ESL teacher types that she writes about in the piece and predictably they were so mad at this they were saying I mean some were saying oh, this is just this doesn't really happen she's just taken a few rotten apples and painted us with a broad brush and others were saying well you know it's actually Asian men who who abuse most of the Asian women in the world which is like true in just <laughs> in the dumbest sense possible because yeah most Asians live in Asian countries uh, and all the bad stuff that happens to them will, by accident of geography, be perpetrated by other Asians. Others were saying, well, it's mostly like black men who are doing this, not white men. And, you know, from all from the subs from Asian American to our Asian 2X to like our Asian identity, we're broadly supportive of this article. So I will say, I, I think at least it pissed off the, the correct people. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, what are your thoughts on the piece? I thought it was definitely, you know, we, what was the name of that Australian YouTuber again, where we kind of helped her with the WMAF documentary that she did for YouTube? Yeah, Natalie Tran. Natalie Tran, right. And, you know, we, so she did this, like, for people who don't know, she did like this one hour YouTube sponsored documentary. It was actually paid for by YouTube. Um, As part of like a series that YouTube was trying to do to like sort of proactively address online harassment um, had commissioned a, a documentary um, about the hate that Asian women get uh, for um, you know dating white men right online and so she did this documentary I think it was just called white male Asian female yes. and and the thing that I I think overall it was fine okay and I had talked to her like at length um, sort of about the online uh landscape when it came to this stuff and what bothered me when it came out i thought it was okay like she she did a good job i think she tried to do a good job like an honest job but it just was so biased because i think the end result the end of it was the end result i think you had a documentary that was called white male asian female but like 85 90 percent of the documentary content was about asian men and they had all these Asian women come on and um, theorize about Asian men and their grievance. And one of them, and what's said, wrong like, with us and everything? Yeah, right? what's wrong with Asian men? And it's like, oh, historic. Like a, some some woman basically said it was like historical PTSD from being dominated and colonized by white people. You know, mm-hmm. like, eh. 
don't know. I don't I don't really love that. Like I go to Asia and I'm like, I don't really see Asian men here as being dominated by white men. <laughs> you know, yeah. like it's quite the opposite, actually. So it was a thing that purported to be about inter, you know, WMAF, but then it was turned out they should have just called it Asian male. Like that should have been the name uh, of the thing. Yeah. But this article really had nothing to do with Asian men whatsoever. I'm not sure she spoke about Asian men at all. Um and I thought that that was appropriate. I, I don't mm. really think that this involves Asian men. This this issue about the shit that white men do, say and do to Asian women has nothing to do, in my opinion, with the attitudes of Asian men. So yeah. I'm glad she left us out. I mean, just to put this in, in a timeline. So the Natalie Tran YouTube documentary, I think, came out in very late 2017. Because I remember in January of 2018, uh, that piece in the New York Times by Audrey Lim, the alt-right's Asian fetish, came out. And 2018 was like the, you know, great uh, slash terrible year of WMAF discourse. That was the year when the Celeste Ng thing happened, for instance, uh, among all these other things. I think that was also when the um, uh, the the NPR Invisibilia with Yoi Shaw Mm-hmm. Uh, came out so th- you know that that was a year when and this thing really I think broke out into the mainstream and uh, yeah the Natalie Tran thing was kind of was one of the very early things I think you even wrote an article about it right it was a uh, it was a very popular yeah. article mm-hmm. and and here we are five years later and I think I think it's quite a interesting development because if you compare it to say the Celeste Ng cut article which she pretty much um, it was a kind of like a you know oh poor poor us article about you know people like her who would get uh, harassed by these Asian dudes online, which is you know definitely a bad thing. That's not something to do. But you know she kind of just one sided the whole story, and now for this to come out, I looked, I just checked the comments in on the cut, mm-hmm. and they're all by mostly angry white dudes who yeah. are saying like this is either unfair to us or trying to shift the blame to asian men or even black men and and i was and that's why i thought okay you know i had my issues with this piece but i think i did not recognize how um aggr- like annoyed and angered the deserving uh the, the, the deserved group is rightfully getting agitated white white men you mean yeah Mm, yeah, yeah, I, I think so. I, I this, I mean, okay. I think for the angry the 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 archetype of the online angry Asian male who feels un, un unfairly targeted or 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 scapegoated, I would say not targeted. Target is the wrong word. Scapegoated for a lot of this, and um, that white men get a pass. That the white male asian female dynamic the phenomenon whatever you want to call it is given a pass that it's that there are definitely problems um associated with it that betray the for, i don't even think that this is the 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 image of it anymore but it's a the older uh now obsolete image of it as a prog- sign of of social progress that we would have so many interracial relationships that we're, I think we're definitely in the phase after that. 
And it's articles like this, I think, that really blows the top off off of that cover story. And Mm -hmm. the fact that Asian men are nowhere to be found in this article. Now, I know a few people who were angry specifically because Asian men were left out. And some of them said they wanted, uh, oh, how... Oh, how great that an Asian woman is getting credit. I, I think we some might know who I'm talking about, but like Asian women are getting credit for something that Asian men have been saying for a long time. I'm like, yeah, but w- it's not about we're not the credit. Ones, we're, we're not the ones affected. Right? We don't want credit for this. Yeah. No, we are like, affected, but we're the downstream effect. We're not the primary uh, yeah. victims this, of this. She mentions Reddit. She talks specifically about our hoppas. And not in a bad way. Not in a bad way. And did she... I forgot where she said... I'm looking in the article and I don't see it in the article, but I swear, maybe she said it on Twitter, but she said she got really obsessed with what people were saying online. She's like, I got to understand what's going on here. Look, that's exactly what Natalie Tran said, remember? Mm-hmm. That's why she brought Eurasian Tiger onto her documentary. Like, I think... One this, of the best things she... One of the upside... One of the best moments of that podcast. I mean, that was, a, that was uh, a, highlight. a highlight. That was a highlight, highlight of it. Of yeah, that. was having him on. Yeah. But I, I think these types of people are i bet they're the ones who check like asian identity every morning yes uh because they are it's it's like okay if you really thought these people didn't have a point you would not care that much about what they had to say it'd be so ridiculous it's like it's like if you're a hot person and someone calls you ugly or if you're a smart person and someone calls you dumb it's like you just laugh it off like i objectively know None of this is true, and you're just being a hater, and you're just desperate. But mm-hmm. there is an element of truth to what they're saying. That's why they get so triggered by these people. And I'll say more because uh, there is this other article from Mochi Mag that made me really appreciate this article from the Cut More. But I'll talk about that a little after you. Oh uh, well, you know, more to that point. I mean, okay, so she talks about Orhapas, which is you know, um, well, I don't see she does such a good job of explaining it. I, I I don't even have to. I'll just read what she says. She says. Uh, you know, I stumbled upon the subreddit Arhapas. I don't know what I expected to find, but certainly not, but certainly not what I did find, which is an online community mostly composed of men with an Asian mother and a white father, uh, abbreviated as WMAF. And according to Arhapas, WMAF couples doom their children to mental health issues because they are the product of a quote white worshiping Asian mother and a white father with an Asian fetish. Believing such pairings were inherently flawed, members exclusively shared posts that upheld this ideology. Now, if you take that paragraph alone, it could go the direction of calling, which was what happened in the past all the time, calling our hoppas uh, an extremist, um, you know, an extremist group, a, 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 a group that promotes hate uh, and, you know, etc. cetera. Um, but that's not, that's totally not where she goes. Uh, instead, she goes, you know, the more I was looking at what was going on in this subreddit that was initially extremely disturbing to her, she started seeing posts that corroborated uh, some of the things that they were saying. And in fact, the entire article is structured around the things that she found online that corroborated. Did not She wasn't looking for cracks in the Arhapa's narrative, which people have done, and I think it's fair to do that. But this article didn't take that approach. It was taking what they said seriously and wondering if they had a point. And that's exactly the direction she goes. And she starts listing off some of the most horrendous shit um, that white men have said about Asian women. And at some point even says that she recognized some of the things that these white men were thinking and saying and doing 
and realizing that she herself had been subjected to that and yet still wanted those men's approval. And I feel like that was an admission of dysfunction and people should be supportive of that and empathetic to that rather than pointing fingers at her and going, aha, see, you're all white worshiping. I mean, she is in a way uh, confessing, admitting to not confessing because that suggests wrongdoing, but admitting uh, to having feelings that were in in its way complicit with this with this uh, behavior and attitude of white men. I thought it was a, a very this is everything that um, that subreddit wants. This is everything that people that were trying to make a point about this wanted. It's all here, and yet some people still don't like it. And I think part of it is. Maybe some people just like want the credit and be like, Asian men should get uh, uh, credit for having said this early on. Okay, fine. That's a fucking weird take, a very weird take. But I think the other is like this stuff really is so terrible and so uncomfortable that I think people even seeing an Asian woman um, admit this triggers them. I, th- I, th- I think wait, wait, wait. Ju- who's getting triggered like white Asian dudes? I think Asian oh, men. No, Asian women oh, Asian okay. men I think are still triggered by it like in the sense of like they're still hurt to see that this is occurring right yeah I, I, just I think saying, that's fair I think that's it, fair it's like saying the quiet part loud we all know the quiet part but just saying it out loud makes it more real in in a more superficial sense because I mean, who cares if it's quiet or loud? But, can can yeah. I let, let let me read the part that I think is I'm referring yeah, to? Sure. Um, so um, these questions obsessed me. Um, oh, th- this might be the part where she says it. Um, new questions uh, obsessed me. Um, what if I? What if I'd sense clues but try to ignore them? Would a preference for Asian women seem not only unproblematic but perhaps desirable? These questions obsessed me because they spoke to my own latent fears. When I was 17, a 22-year-old white man took me to his bedroom and produced a box of photos of his ex-girlfriends. He flipped through them while reciting their respective ethnicities, Vietnamese, Korean, Chinese, Japanese. I wish I could say I ran. I wish, like Chris in Get Out, the movie, I understood I was in a horror movie. When Chris sees Rose's box full of X's, his face contorts in fear. If my expression were captured on film, it would have been dreamy, even wistful. I wanted my photo in that box. I wanted him to choose me. As Jenny Zhang has written, my only choices, I thought, were to be invisible and ugly or to be exoticized into worthiness. Rather than turning away from someone's fixation on my race, I grasped it the way a drowning person grasps a lifeline. This man told me in no unclear terms who he was without me having to look up his online history or or overhear him talking about me. But I didn't run. Eyes wide open, I stayed. And I think that I saw that that particular uh, excerpt had been pointed out to me and, and and on Twitter by so many different people, but Asian men who were like, this is fucking, this is the type of bullshit I'm talking about, man. By Asian women who said, my God, this is so horribly relatable. This was me when I was young. And even black men who had pointed out to me going like, oh, dude, I can't read this fucking article because, you know, like he had seen the screenshot and be like, I, uh, now I was going to read this article. But now I'm really not going to read this article. And I think there is Why, something. they were disgusted by it uh, or that they, they identified <sighs> yeah. too strongly with it in a way? I think it's what? kind of both, right? Mm-hmm. Isn't it 
discussed because it's like too close, you know, like people know this, they understand this, they'd wish it didn't exist. It does exist. Mm -hmm. People know, they both want to call it out, but they kind of want to demonize it and, and, and just wish it disappeared, but they don't want to actually have the truth come out and like Mm -hmm. have to really deal with this. And, um, you know, and I understand now why this is a suppressed topic, because if an Asian woman is honest about this, she gets a lot of shit for it. And so yeah. I personally feel like I just really, I, you know, I tweeted at her and I said that this was a, I thought I knew this topic, but after reading it, it was just a gut-wrenching thing. I didn't know it was, it took her four years to write this. I don't doubt any of that. And I think we should be supportive and encouraging of this because this is real shit. It is fundamentally the only thing I care about is, is this real? And it is. I think these are her real feelings. These are her real thoughts. And we should do our best to reward and support people who have the courage to come out and be real mm-hmm. uh, rather than deflecting it onto you know something else. Yeah. So. The reason that didn't quite impress me as much is yeah, that sure. I'd seen that before in the very piece that she uh, references, the Jenny Zhang article from, I think it came out in 2017, uh, far away from me in Rookie but Magazine. But I thought you liked that article. Like. I loved that article, but it was because it was five years ago and I'm reading this and like in five years because the, the thing about the, the Jenny Zhang piece is that she concludes it by saying like, yeah, she she loved being fetishized because it was a way to make her feel beautiful and wanted and she knows it's fucked up and the end she's just like, but, you know, this is kind of the way I am and can I, is the cause, if the, cost of rejecting this is celibacy like is that too steep a price so she's her, her dichotomy is i either have to learn to uh live with yellow fever because chances are let's say let's be generous and say uh 25 of white men have it so you're like kind of playing russian roulette or be celibate and there's no 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 option like uh, you know finding uh, a kind of bond with asian men not an option or even you know, non-white, non-Asian men, not an option. So I'm like, when I read that in 2017, I was very impressed. I'm like, five years later, are we, it kind of seemed like this article is, because it ends with that thing where she's like, I wish I ran away. But then she never expounds on it and then moves on to more of like the contemporary violence against Asian women. So I thought but, okay, it was but stuck that, in the same You mindset. brought that up. I want to ask you, where do you think it should have gone from there? Um I would like to, to to address. Okay, so I think it's a plus that she didn't bring up Asian American men because, and I'll bring up the Mochi Mag article. This was sent to me uh, via text by a friend of ours, Samantha, who's been on our pod before, and a lot of our uh, people know, like personally. She sent me this article, and she it was it was called a power letter to Asian women. It actually wasn't written by an Asian woman; it was written by a Blasian dude, and. She was so mad at this piece and she was like, I got a vent. You know, I, I wish I could like send you this like rant on voicemail because I'm so mad at this. And I, I finally read it after she sent it to me. And essentially, it's a piece that ostensibly is about expressing sympathy and solidarity with all these Asian women who feel, you know, threatened and uh, scared because of all these acts of violence that are happening against them in the last couple of years in particular. But uh, it never calls out any group of men more than it calls out Asian men. Right. Like, I, like it, I, I specifically did a contr- uh, control F search. Never brings up white men. At most, it brings up white people once and it refers to cops, which I guess are kind of a stand-in for a particular type of white man. Doesn't bring up black men who are 
the uh, attacker or the, the murderers of Christina, Yuna Lee, and Michelle Go, but four times brings up Asian men all negatively. And in the, in, in the context of Asian men are trying to basically steal the valor of, of the social currency that uh, Asian women have been able to get via these attacks in kind of these like twisted social justice, justice circles where such mm-hmm. attacks are, are mm-hmm. boons for your status. Mm-hmm. Also uh, called out Asian men who have uh, attacked Asian women for dating outside their race, which we all know is really just means dating white men. It was like, really, like this, of, of all the times to bring this whole defense of WMAF up, you're bringing it up in this article. And I thought... When, and we know this kind of mindset exists. In that context, yeah, this Elaine uh, Shea Chu piece was a breath of fresh air. In that, it kind of just oh, left us yeah, out saying, right, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, um, and I think for this type of article in a mainstream white uh, liberal type of publication, they can't actually express solidarity with Asian men because I think that for, for the type of reader who would read this, it would just seem too too much like a, a, a prison. Like, oh God, now are, are we handcuffed to our race? Because like, uh, we've talked about this a lot. The prevailing ideology of this kind of white liberalism seems to be everyone can transcend race. White people can transcend race. Minorities can transcend race. And this kind of, any kind of racial uh, loyalty you have to your group, no matter what they say about like Black Lives Matter or Stop Asian Hate, uh, is actually not really is masking over the fact that they disdain those types of what they consider these primitive tribal loyalties. Mm-hmm. So if these attacks on minorities means you have to actually circle the wagons with your minority group, that's actually like a big downgrade. Uh, so that is unacceptable. So none of these articles are going to actually say, you know what, in these times, what uh, if, if whether it's Asian women getting attacked or or Asian men getting attacked, the solution is the Asian community has to as I said, kind of huddle together and, and 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 bond over that. They can't do that. So the actually best thing you can expect is to just leave Asian men out of it because the only other alternative is now to, to kind of blame us somehow. Yeah. I mean, I think I understand that. I think that um, it sounds like the what maybe you want to see or maybe what, what, a, what some people who are maybe feeling a little bit I wouldn't say disappointed, but maybe like the article is incomplete, which of course it is, and every article is incomplete. Oh, yeah, I just, just realized I might have not answered your question, but uh, yeah. No, no, ahead. no. I think I understand what you're saying. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, that maybe it sounds like what you wanted was more of actually an exploration of how Asian men actually do fit into this. Yeah, I uh, in a way, yeah, right? that would like, be so. I think the highest ideal. Mm-hmm. But I also recognize this is the fucking cut. You know, like yeah, right. This is. The whitest, most sex in the city adjacent publication in existence. So, mm-hmm. it, it, it there are certain expectations you got to put a cap on. Yeah, you know, I think that part of it, like one thing I've, and this in the bonus pod that we did, that really long one that we just put out um, last week. People seem to like know, it. So if you if uh, you know if you're not a Patreon subscriber, you should you should subscribe. <laughs> it was a good it was a good pod because I think we talked a lot about. Um, things that we had not, I, that, that I'm just like, that we're just sort of starting to understand a bit more. And I think that there is a, there's a need to sort of point to Asian American as a very, like its own thing. That's like you said, is not Asia. Mm-hmm. It, and, and, and so this whole thing about like 
Asian men. Like, no, I think we need to talk about Asian American men. Oh yeah, and Asian yeah. American women and the that group, not Asian men, not Asian women, but Asian American men, Asian American women. We don't know what the hell's going on there. Yeah, in Asia, I mean, like, yeah. yeah, racially yeah. we're the same, and we are only a generation removed, but we don't know what's going on there, and they don't really know what's going on here. Yeah, and I, you know, honestly, like part of the thing I don't, I understand that it's true, but I, I don't like when, well. It's not that I don't like it. It's just I think that there are unintended consequences to when people like overly overdetermine this the WMAF thing as like um, a direct consequence of like U.S. military imperialism in Asia. I think that is kind of like an easy answer to be honest. I know yeah, that because it weird, makes but- it seem as if it's a totally one way thing. It's a totally yeah. imposed imperialistic force and it totally absolves our own complicity in it 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 even absolves in my opinion white men uh to a degree to say that they're themselves almost victims of history and this Mm -hmm. you know it's it's almost like white the white men who do this themselves don't have agency they're just these unwitting you know in you know heirs to uh what their forefathers did or whatever and yeah I, you know, I, I think actually that that explanation removes some nuance um, because I think the psychology behind this is very, um, very tricky and unde- I still think a lot of it is undiscovered. Mm-hmm. And uh, one thing, and I, I don't want to bring this up in the, maybe just to telegraph a little bit how I think about what I've really got out of this, but I don't want to make it into, I, I want to, I hope we can do a different podcast about this, but I noticed that the way that she, and I don't think she was intending to do this, which makes it even more uh, remarkable to me, is like how much the way that she described white men and how they talk about Asian women in the sort of the worst of the corners of the internet and things like that, is that this Asian fetish almost seems to be an Android fetish. Um, let me just like recount some of the things that I'm talking about. She talks about, um, a man calling his half Japanese daughter, a little geisha fuck doll doll is the part that really stuck out to me there. Um, they, she, she highlights that men, white men tout our supposed pros and over cons that their pussies are really tight and their skin feels so nice they open their legs easy and you get sex when you want, not when she wants. They're also happy to do all the housework, cooking and other chores around the house. Um, if an Asian woman becomes old, ugly, out of shape, disfigured or diseased, then she should be divorced, abandoned, sold to someone else or sent back to China or wherever she came from. Jeez. And the white master can go back to Asia and pick out a new Asian woman to replace her. Now, that is very difficult to read as an Asian man, but when I replace the Asian woman and deracialize what's going on. And instead of the, the standout feature of an Asian woman being that she's Asian, but the standout feature of an Asian woman being that she's not even a real human being, but instead an Android, uh, a product, uh, a synthetic human, this makes a lot more sense. It, there's a lot more parts of this in it. And I want to get into it now, but I think that there's a lot more, there's many parts of this, just this article 
And I think there's a lot more examples of this, even even outside of WMAF and in our culture at large, that really points to this equivalence between being Asian and being an Android. And um, when we talk about dehumanization, you know, I think a lot of times the discussion ends there. We just talk about dehumanization as if that's just, that's it. It's bad. I, of course it's bad. But what does it really mean? You know, uh, I, I think we just stop at dehumanization is bad. But what, is, what does it really mean? What does it really mean when people dehumanize Asian people? And mm-hmm. so I think, I think we really should look towards Android fiction and the specific thing that Androids have come to represent in our popular culture to understand our position. Yeah, that that will be probably a, a future episode in the very near yeah. future. Uh, we are gathering our materials to do an episode on that. So listeners, be on the lookout for that. Uh, I, I think as a final thing to this article, I want to say that if it's a good thing that she leaves Asian men out of it, out of this like particular channel of dialogue, um, my issue with that is, okay, so if... Asian men are left out of this this narrative. Yet this narrative is also presented as the dominant, most important uh, issue presented to Asian Americans today, like second generation Asian Americans. You're basically saying that Asian American culture and all its problems is a dialogue between Asian women and white men. That is the thing I have a problem with. Like if this thing is between Asian women and white men, but a- Asian men, we got our own thing going on, then I think that is the best way to resolve it because it is i mean to to complain that asian men didn't get credit for bringing up issues that predominantly affect asian women at a very at like a mortal level is absolutely ludicrous but there are things that do affect us and we should have the like the channels or whatever to talk about it and my issue is with this kind of stuff is often i think this just takes up all the room and whenever like Asian men try, we try to say one thing unless we just completely be like, yeah, we're our cheerleaders hoping you'll find the, your prince, white prince charming who won't fetishize you. Then we're just derided as misogynist. Like, fuck that. Like that is not a culture I want to be a part of. And we talk about this in our latest bonus episode. Uh, and unfortunately I think that does sum up a lot of mainstream American, Asian American culture yeah. where that is the role of the Asian man to be yeah. the, 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 the eunuch cheerleader is, I think, the best way to describe us. I'd be like, fuck that. Um, so I think she should have um, the, the the space to say her thing, but we should have our space. Yeah, you know, I, I do understand what you're saying. I think that before um, there were like these, like, you know, many years ago when things weren't this fucking crazy and, you know, we weren't, you know, seeing these horrific crimes and the fucked up shit that people would say and by fucked up i mean horrifying stuff that white men would say about asian women had not broken through to the mainstream consciousness yet you know we would get these videos where like asian american women would say stuff like you know how not to talk to me right and it was like don't ask me you know don't say konnichiwa because i'm actually chinese and Mm -hmm. you know like like honestly like super basic shit and that had been interpreted by a lot of people at that time, like, ooh, they're calling it out, right? And even then, I think my having seen been seeing some of the more fucked up shit, I was like, no, no, this, 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 this what this really is, in my opinion, is like a user, like a it's like a guide yeah. 
for for how white men with an Asian fetish can hide it. Like, how do you how do you talk to an Asian woman that isn't gross, so that mm-hmm. you we can continue to date each other without feeling like this is gross? Yeah, it's like don't say ni hao to me, say bonjour because I spent the summer abroad in Lyon. You know, it's like that kind yeah. of stuff. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And the question for me, and I am fully aware of this because it. You know, when I first saw those videos, I was like, ooh, they're calling it out. And later I was like, oh, wait, no, they're not. They're calling <laughs> shit out, right? They're, they're encouraging this shit, you know? And I could totally see that the reaction to this for white men who read it, it would be like, ooh, I've got to really make sure that, you know, like I don't, you know, telegraph my like love for Asian women or, or, or even lie to themselves to be like my attraction for Asian women is empathy. It's not like racial fetish. And. I could see Asian women reacting to this to be like, you know, I've really got to vet the white dudes I in, I intend to date, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. exclusively. Yeah. I've really got to be careful because, man, I'm at risk because I fucking love white dudes. Uh, I could see that reaction, um, sure, um, and I could be disappointed by that because I'd be re- I'm, if if I'm in the position where I'm rooting for there to be less WMAF or you know whatever. Um, yeah, I, I could, I, I, I could see that. I, I think ultimately, when I said like Asian men aren't part of this, I'm like, yeah, there's, it's probably for the best that we neither be in this or hope too much from it. I, I think this is really a problem that Asian women have to solve with white men on their own, and I don't, I don't really think that we should even feel that there's anything at stake here for us. This just has nothing to do with us to some extent, except. Where these things, and this is where the article I think does meet is me that this goes beyond WMAF's relationship. This now just goes to white men just fucking victimizing random Asian women, and that is our issue. Um, that definitely is our issue because that has nothing to do with the agency of Asian women to select white men over Asian men or whatever. So, anyway, um, yeah. um great article. I, I I think it was just lots of lots to think about. And to talk about, and it's no joking matter. I mean, this is a very serious and gut wrenching article. I think she wasn't exaggerating when this it was painful to painful to read. It must have been very painful to write. So yeah, I wouldn't call it a great article, but I think I'm also just way too steeped in these types of articles. Mm, yeah. I, you know, I, I I'm very like it's it's like not a good thing. <laughs> <laughs> I just, yeah, so that and also I know she she just came out with a a novel called Disorientation, mm-hmm. and it's again it's, it's this type of novel where it's about uh, a young youngish Asian American woman. It's all about her kind of like white boyfriend problems. I was like, oh god, I've seen this her, before. Yeah, I mean, she describes it in the article. I was living in New York and writing a novel about a Taiwanese American woman with a complicated relationship to white men. Colon. She is both attracted to them and disgusted by her attraction. Uh, in this early version of the novel, my protagonist is married to a white man. Together, they have two children. So, okay, fine. So it's like, okay, and um, from what I've read, uh, this novel does not seem good. It cannot even get a, a star from Kirkus. Kirkus! Kirkus! The place that gave Rise a star, which I think <laughs> we, we'll, we'll have be, to talk about that one, too. Yeah, we'll, we'll be, we'll be, um, we'll be, uh, I, I, that, that, that book, is, it, it's coasting for a roasting. I, I just read like <laughs> 20 pages of cruising it. Cruising like, for oh, bruising. Actually, Thus far, most of what I've read, most of it's just very boring. A lot of it's very dry Asian American studies kind of thing. But there are like the opening comic panels. I mean, there's some juicy stuff. I think we can get into it. But Mm -hmm. anyway, the the site that gave that book a star did not give a star to disorientation. So I'm 
<laughs> I have nevertheless put a hold on it in the library because I do want to just see how what it's like to form my own opinion. But yeah. so you know, I am a little just, um, you know, like my judgment is very skewed because of that. But I think for the average or just like the median Asian American, regardless of whether you're male, female, whether you're like a blue check uh, or like an Asian identity poster, they all seem to really like this piece. So I will give it a lot of props for unifying <laughs> Asian Americans in that way. Mm-hmm. Uh, one thing, I, I mean, this is kind of like only semi-related, but I mean, we were talking about our hapas and, and all that. So there was this tweet by this person at Jennifer Rose NYC. So you know that uh, picture of Ketanji Brown Jackson and then she's actually out of focus and you see her husband or daughter just like giving her the... Um, the uh what do you call it? the yep. the myron eyes what, mm-hmm, what the, yeah. the bodybuilders myron, call yeah yeah and she posted when you're biracial and the right one is black oh god <laughs> and the reason that? i found this was um there, there's a black woman i dated last year and she posted this in her ig stories mm-hmm. i don't know if she was doing this kind of tongue-in-cheek or if she was like legit supporting this but mm-hmm. <laughs> this yeah. is totally eurasian tiger logic yeah the idea that um, you know, you know they should start a new sub called R Turbo Jacksons. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and that's a reference to R Turbo Changs. For anyone that doesn't know what it is, go to reddit.com slash R slash Turbo Changs. Yeah, we've been meaning to maybe do a pod about Turbo Changs. It's like there's so much to talk about, but maybe not enough to do a whole episode. So it's been kind of slipping through our fingers. Maybe we'll do one one day. But that, that sub is very funny. And. <laughs> We can't quite decide if it's satire or not, but <laughs> but I'm I'm I just found it so funny that you know some some people there. I mean, this person Jennifer Rose, she has over thirty thousand followers. She seems fairly. Well, I don't know. Like so a lot of kooks have a lot of followers on Twitter, so who knows? But if she is, like, say, in the writers' room of a major like show or something, just. Tweeting out Eurasian tiger logic yeah. memes, you know. I mean, I get, I get, I get what she's saying. I don't, you know, but it's just, it's, it's overlooking, uh, you know, certain implications of what she's saying. You know, I guess no, she's, I'm not, I'm not power, even saying you know. what she's saying is necessarily wrong. It's just like mm-hmm. if you contrast to how Eurasian tiger was treated, like this, this plague upon society for raising this idea that hey, in these like. Uh, I mean, we call it interracial. We all know it's only about white part. It's white partner discourse. But when you're a minority and you are paired with a white partner, it does kind of matter which gender the white and the minority is. That when it was espoused by someone like Eurasian Tiger was treated like, oh my god, like you know, keep this guy quiet. He'll say the forbidden words and summon the demons from yeah. from hell or something. Yeah. But yeah. here's this. Person basically saying the same thing, but uh, saying about a, a Supreme Court justice and everyone's liking it. I just found that very funny. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. Any closing thoughts? Uh, no, that was a fun one, man. Um, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. Well, All right. um, sorry for the late episode, everyone, but we have been doing a lot of, uh, we have a lot of great ones coming up. Yeah. It's like it, really there was, stuff. yeah, but we, I think scheduling is going to become an issue with all these episodes we're going to be uh-huh, coming up yeah. but stay tuned we got a lot of we got a lot of good uh, ones coming good ones coming up yeah 
All right. Until next time, listeners, uh, there'll be more Escape from Plan A. Until then, uh, we'll see you. Bye, everyone. See you, Chris. Bye. Thank you.